I'm Chad Rutherman. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And welcome to No Clip Pocket. Crunchitize me, Captain. Today, we're going to be talking about The Vanishing of Ethan Carter, which is a game that was released in 2014 and was developed and self-published by The Astronauts. Uh, so, The Vanishing of Ethan Carter did release in 2014, but then it had a bit more of, a, of support than I think they expected, and so they later released The Vanishing of Ethan Carter Redux, which is a dumb name for they updated like a lot of the textures and stuff uh-huh so we ended up actually playing the playstation 4 version this most recent time though the first time we played it we played the pc version and i believe we played the updated version then as well that sounds right that yeah so take that in keep that in mind most likely if you purchase this game now you're going to end up with that version of the game, and mm-hmm. that's the version that we're talking about. But if for some reason you feel like being a hipster and playing the original version, <laughs> there might be some comments we make that don't quite apply. Now, The Vanishing of Ethan Carter is a... I'm going to call it a, an adventure puzzle game, but it is like set within the subgenre of Walking Simulator. Right. Yeah, I I put it uh, in the same pedigree as like what remains of Edith Finch. I'll probably compare the two a lot because yeah. I, I just kind of categorically, you know, like associate them in my mind. Um, and this, I think, it's my personal favorite walking simulator. I think Edith Finch is a better game, and overall, it's like this one's more rough around the edges than that. But I think a lot of the theming. And things that are, like, unique to this game, like, speak to me, like, personally. Like, I feel like if I made a adventure puzzly walking simulator, it would end up something like this game. When we covered uh, What Remains of Edith Finch, were we doing Pockets at the time? I don't think so. I think that was, like, right before we started it. It had to have been, like, on the border, right? Yeah. Because I'm not sure, we decided to talk about this game as a pocket game, largely because of how short it is, um, mm-hmm. and also because we got it. We had to rush something out for Mystery May now that it's June 1st at yeah. the time of recording. <laughs> and we both liked this game when we played it the first time, so it's been in the back of our minds. Yeah. It's it's one of those things that maybe we thought it was too short to justify a full episode early on, and then later the opportunity for Pocket opened up, that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is probably the first thing we should mention, is the game is short, and I feel like... I want to agree with you at the outset that this is definitely one of my favorite walking simulator games, but... The game, despite its short length, does show signs of, like, developer padding, where they wanted to, like, sort of build out segments further than they needed to be in order to extend the runtime and make it feel like a more substantial thing. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that is because they needed to justify the purchase to a lot of people, because obviously what a lot of the time in this game was spent on was making everything look fucking beautiful because it looks so good and it was released in 2014 i was surprised to hear that 
because I I think the remake came out in 2015, like a year yeah, later. A year later, and it looks so good. Like it it rivals games that have come out today. Yeah, uh, it also looked better than I remembered as well. Um, and I, I I guess you can bump the fidelity a lot when the like the game world isn't that big Mm -hmm. Uh, but no it's really impressive and they have like streaming content built into their engine because it doesn't load uh between areas Uh, it does when you go to the little puzzle sections but like when you're walking it's like a sandbox style world that you can just freely explore Mm -hmm. and it's set on this like island um in like a bridge leading to it etc uh and I don't know, yeah, it's like a contained area, and I think they've clearly, like, planned out and designed and programmed that really well mm-hmm. uh, to really maximize the potential, because, yeah, it does look fantastic, even by today's standards. Yeah, I, I want to, um, how do I want to, so I, I feel like we should describe in some way sort of like what the game actually consists of yeah. uh so if you're not familiar uh the vanishing of ethan carter is basically it's a, a walking sim game your only uh like verbs are like an interact button that you use to to like do various like very minor tasks inspect yeah, inspect and then walk and run and you play the part of paul prospero uh, who is a detective named Detective, uh, and you've been like written to through the mail by a little boy who wants you to come help with an issue he's having with his family because they all seem to be going insane and killing each other. Uh, and that's like your outset, like what the game starts with. And the the thing really like that that brings you in because it. It gives you sort of that backstory when you arrive, and it gives you this little tutorial segment where you have to, like, identify all these traps. Uh, Not disarm them. They all spring and just miss (laughs) you. But (laughs) you go up to each of them and identify them, and it introduces you to the mechanics of what the game is eventually going to be. But... The thing about the introduction, because none of that really impressed me. Like, no, no. Yeah, Paul Prospero as a character is a nothing character. He's yeah. set up in this way just to sort of like push it along. Yeah, I like um, the the twist at the end. Kind of justifies his name. Right. Yeah. That. <laughs> I was struggling to remember it because I kept thinking that Paul Prospero sounded too silly to actually be the name. Uh-huh. Uh, which, yeah, I mean, this is a spoiler podcast. So at the end, yeah. you do find out that Ethan invented you in, like, a story that he wrote uh, before he was the only one to actually die. Um But yeah, so you go through this introduction, and the thing that impresses me so much is that this game has horror elements to it, for sure, but it is set entirely during, like, not the day necessarily, but, like, Twilight, and that, like, the vista of being in the woods at twilight is one of those things that like, maybe it's because I grew up where I did, Mm -hmm. but I feel like it's a very calming and like, uh, enjoyable place to inhabit. 
and it's something that I haven't really gotten to experience since being a child, so there might be, like, kind of a nostalgic attachment that I have to the environment in this game that makes me like it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm in the same kind of boat. Uh, it's hard to put into words other than being like, I like this. <laughs> yeah. um, but the, the visuals in the atmosphere are really great, and... Um, yeah, like coming out of those woods where the traps are onto the bridge and seeing the dam in the distance and the lake. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a really nice atmosphere. And it does, like, I don't know if this is supposed to be like a town or if it's, it, it feels like it's like privately owned property or something mm-hmm. that like a family lives on or a couple families maybe. But like, it's, it's got this, like, there's a quality, like, Growing up around here, I feel like that this kind of stuff exists. There's like a, some rich families that own like this beautiful, like like rustic estate, like five hundred acres of land. You know, it 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 feels a lot like that. It gets just really well designed and yeah. laid out. I I find it real hard to like separate it from like imagining walking through the woods. Uh, around here but i believe that this game is set in like the pacific northwest mm-hmm. and uh because like you the 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 land that you're on is a like hydroelectric plant there's a dam and like a thing that controls the dam there um and as far as i know there are only two houses uh maybe three because it's the the carters the I don't remember his name. The old man who has the secret wizard room. Mm -hmm. And then there's that burned out building that I don't know if it was a house or not. Right. Uh, And that's kind of it. Like, that's those are the only things that you have uh, access to. So, yeah, it seems like this, like, many square miles plant with just a couple of residences and presumably they also control the damage shit. So mm-hmm. pretty isolated. That's like the vibe they're going yeah, for. Yeah, you get the vibe that like Ethan's parents are like uh those kind of people that probably look after the plant. Mm-hmm. Uh because that's like some friction in the story is that Ethan likes to write books <laughs> and they seem like they're like a hands on, like labor occupation like blue collar family right uh and yeah that's like a tension in the story so yeah there's there's definitely no signs of them supporting his creative endeavors (laughs) with a possible exception of dale who i believe is the dad Mm -hmm. i think he's like pretty uh okay with it but then that character stabs himself in the throat with some scissors so i don't know what the messaging is supposed to be there uh but yeah so that's that's the setting and i feel like it's arguably like the most impressive thing this game does yeah it I, I feel like I compare every game with an island to it, but it almost <laughs> gives me mist vibes. Like, like oh, specifically, like when you show up, yeah, up through the part where you like trace the astronaut through the woods. Uh, <laughs> it's like all like really like you don't know what the game is yet. It's all kind of like a mystical trail of breadcrumbs on this island. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like it definitely has like this cool, atmospheric, mysterious vibe going. Yeah, I, I think pretty early on, like, you get introduced to 
the concept of like Ethan's stories and uh, how they relate to what you find on the island. Like you find the first one pretty soon after the trap thing. And then, uh, and it's about like a wolf, like a werewolf kind of like monster. And obviously the traps are reminiscent of that because they have like spikes and are sharp and shit. Mm -hmm. So like that's, that's what it's going for. And then, with the exception of the astronaut, which I think is a standout and something that we should probably talk about in mm -hmm. itself, everything leading up feels very grounded until you get to the end when it becomes mist. Like it, it really is like it, it. You the difference between mist and this game is mist is an island that is chock full of like ancient sci-fi secrets mm -hmm. and cryptic puzzles yeah and the vanishing of ethan carter is a real place that has a like a peppering of ancient sci-fi secrets like mm -hmm. or eldritch abominations in this case but uh yeah like it's the tone shifts subtly enough that when it chooses to drop weird shit on you it's always effective uh and i that that's another of the game's like yep. big strengths for and me i think the pacing and like the layout of the island is like goes hand in hand with that as well because like i feel like they with a few exceptions where i think maybe they could have trimmed a little fat like i think they got the ratio of like open space with nothing in it to space with meaningful content to find in it just right to where you feel like anywhere you go you could stumble upon something yeah and speaking personally because i don't really know if this would have made the game better or not but i definitely feel like i would have probably preferred if there's a little bit extra to find um not necessarily meaningful in the way that, like, it was an interactable mechanical thing. Like secret stuff? Yeah, just, like, things to tell more of the story. But it also makes some amount of sense that, like, people wouldn't just be, like, leaving shit out in the fucking woods. Yeah. And <laughs> I think you run the risk of distracting the player mm -hmm. with that kind of stuff. Because then you have to make sure that that kind of content stands out from the meaningful stuff. Or mm -hmm. the more meaningful stuff. So... Yeah. Stuff's always more complicated than you think. <laughs> I mean, I look at something like, uh, yeah, oof. I'm trying to come up with something that's good here uh, that wasn't made by Hideo Kojima. Because the thing <laughs> that sprang to mind immediately was like Metal Gear Solid. You have things that are obvious story continuation stuff, and then there are things that are obviously hidden Easter eggs. The distinguishing factor in that is that the ones that are Easter eggs are almost always, like, comedic in nature, and that would ruin this game <laughs> if there were a bunch of jokes everywhere. Yeah. So, I see where you're coming from, and I maybe I would agree if I gave it a little bit more thought. But, like, to me right <laughs> now, I just want to find, like, some shit that gives me a little bit of backstory. No, I... I get what you're saying. Like, it does, especially after you finish it, it feels like it would be nice if there was, like, some more stuff to occupy you if you wanted to keep exploring the island, you know? Right. Because the one secret that is there, as we discussed, is kind of horseshit. <laughs> uh, do we want to talk about that now, or do you want to, like, save that for later, or...? No, I think it is pithy and unimpactful enough that we could probably just get it out of the way. Okay, so, as previously described um you 
go through this narrative and you run across several uh, key areas that have like substantial puzzle and like story stuff. And then you get to the end, play through the ending, and then you unlock the ability to like skip travel around the island to the different... Uh... Someone's been playing Xenoblade. <laughs> Yeah, skip travel. Skip travel. TM, TM, TM. <laughs> uh, different than fast travel. Uh, but you skip travel around. Uh, I'm going to stick with it. And in uh, you have the ability to unlock like a secret unfinished chapter. Right. Which I, and I, this is the one thing I like about it is that it is given context in the game by being an unfinished story that Ethan didn't get to finish before he died. Right. Um, but that's the only thing I like about it. <laughs> um but there's towards like the second between the second and third uh stories there's this little like patch of woods off to the left that's like you know a decent size that you may have explored a little bit your first time through and it's just a random spot at the top of a hill like on a rock where you'd never see it uh is a pine cone that you pick up and when you pick it up it becomes a grenade and you take the grenade to the dam, and it's like the it has these little like alcove view points, uh, and you go to the third one, and then you get the prompt to throw it into the lake or the river or whatever, and then you have to go all the way down to the bottom of the dam, and you'll find a dead scuba diver that has washed up on the shore there, and that's it. Yeah. Well, he has, a, he sniper has a gun. Rifle, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think you were. I mean, that is the gist of it, and I, I, I do agree that it gives that it's better with context. And as far as I'm aware, you can only find any of this stuff after you've completed the game. Mm-hmm. So it, I think was what, it in the original, or is that something they added in the Redux? I'm not a hundred percent sure. Uh, because we, I think we played the remake from mm-hmm. both. Yeah, so I uh, was assuming it was mm-hmm. a remaster thing, but I wasn't sure. The I think what they're going for with it is because... So take the mines as an example, because we'll be getting back to those and people will be familiar with it after we're done. Uh-huh. Uh, you go around and the things that you find are corpses. Like you find the bodies and you, you do the mystical puzzle with the tourney gate thing, Mm -hmm. the fucking Stargate, And you do all that and it all is as it appears. And then at the end, you sort of like phase out of it and give return to the real world. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the astronaut. Uh, In, this in the unfinished story the things that you find are a pine cone a branch and a stick and those are the the grenade the guy the scuba diver and the gun and i think that is supposed to be their way of being like okay now that you've completed it you can sort of we're gonna give context these are the things ethan was imagining were his props and his locations uh I don't agree that we needed that to make it, like, clear. I think that it was pretty obvious. And the method to get the little secret thing is both uneventful and incredibly esoteric. Yeah. 
It's like, but I like the idea anyway of having a secret chapter. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, yeah, the execution I don't think is great. And I think you're right. That is what we get out of it is some context for like how Ethan's mind worked <laughs> coming up with all these stories set on the island. But like, I feel like it, it feels like it's unfinished and you know it's the unfinished story uh no no pun intended but uh i i feel like it would just be better if it was more fleshed out and there was more to it Mm -hmm. and if it was a little bit easier to find um i because i do like how secret it is i just think the the way it's hidden is too far yeah but um but yeah something with that's like a little bit more fleshed out and I feel like that's probably what they wanted to do, but I don't know. Yeah, if you, like, agree with the decision. Yeah. This is a lot of criticism over something that's, like, very small and not a part of the actual (laughs) plot. Wasted potential, though, I think. Yeah, but, yeah, what it does is it plays into our original point of the island is very big, and it feels like there should be more to do there, and the other things that there are are not substantial, so... uh, just a small amount of missed opportunity, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's go through the actual game uh, because this part, these are the game part of the game is quite good, actually. Uh, so after you go through the little introductory tutorial traps mission, you go into the first sort of like actual puzzle to solve, um, in which you find some legs on a railroad you find track. a train first yeah you find a train the train doesn't seem out of place though because it's on tracks in the woods it does have the blood. legs though it has blood on the front of it it's a good point yeah uh maybe i've just played too many video games <laughs> i need blood splashed all over the front of a train to keep me from yawning yeah, but then you do find some legs yeah you find some legs and a body and it introduces you to the puzzle-solving mechanic of this game where you collect evidence, we'll call it, uh, mm-hmm. that are, like, inspectable objects around the environment. And then you go to the object of the evidence, in this case a corpse, and then it plays these scenes and you have to put them in the correct order for them to play out and you get like the next chunk of story mm-hmm. it's like very 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 gamified mm-hmm. version of like detective work <laughs> yeah we've talked in previous mystery maze about games like uh like the over din that requires you to do actual like induction to figure out who people are mm-hmm. this is not quite that it's no. more like it at first it feels like random guessing there's a bit of like intuition you can yeah. use the train one is one of the harder ones mm-hmm. so yeah they put a they put a hard one up front <laughs> uh which i guess also introduces you to the fact that you can actually skip them mm-hmm. i don't know how many you have to complete if any to get to the end that's a good question. Like, you definitely have to do the one with the gasoline to open the door. Yeah, the, you, you probably only have to do that one. That might be the case. Yeah, they, there might be some gating. Like, I don't know if you can get into the mines. What, could they, to be able to find the entrance mm-hmm. to the mines, 
you you get a clue. It, it tells you in a cutscene where it is after you do the part with the church. Mm-hmm. Finding that on your own without that would be really difficult. <laughs> I agree. Or yeah. time consuming. But uh, yeah, so there there is some like subtle gating, but like I guess I think you probably could get through it with only doing the last one. Right. And that's interesting, I think. I, it's a good call because like the game gives you the opportunity to fast travel around at the end to pick up any that you missed. Uh we're obviously super smart and perfect and did all of them this on on the the our first try. I guess that's kind of a lie. We did all of them as we went through them in chronological order uh, on this time through, but we did skip the, I think the train one. Yeah. Unintentionally. Yeah. Because the way the the initial like tutorial traps area doesn't like you kind of like go through that one and it doesn't have like a sense of like finality to it. Like you don't feel like you like completed a puzzle or anything like you just kind of do whatever's there and then move on so that's kind of the way we approach the train part like we messed around with it and like tried stuff and like you know and then we just kept exploring and then we stumbled upon the astronaut one right so we just kind of like left it behind and had to go back for it later and if that's intentional design like where the first one was supposed to introduce you to the like inspect mechanic and then the second one is supposed to be like an actual thing and then the third one is supposed to be easier and intriguing to the point where it's unlikely that you don't solve it uh and that lets you know that you can go back and do the other one that's actually pretty fucking smart all things considered like it's laid out in a really good way yeah yeah i agree and i think it feels intentional i don't necessarily know that i have anything on the mechanics of these because there aren't very many of them. Yeah. Uh, like I think in some of the places, I think this game stumbles a bit is when it deviates a little bit too much from that basic setup. Cause I think that's all this game really needed. Right. Was like an interesting scenario. And then like this kind of way of interacting with it, I think was fine. And they do try to mix it up in a few ways. Uh, that don't always work. Yeah. So, spoiler alert, we don't like the mines, but how do you feel about the portal house? I like that one. I, I, I have in my notes that the mines is really the only weak spot for me. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know how well you remember our first playthrough of this, but um, I feel like the first time through, like going into the portal house, because it's first like on your left right and then the old like burnout house is after it so we go into the portal house and we're like what is this like ah it's so like cryptic and what does it mean uh and so we're going through it and we have no idea what's happening so we give up and leave and then we go into the burnout house and we're like we recognize these rooms yeah and you're like oh like the layout of this house corresponds to the portal house and like yeah you know so I like the way that's designed. I think that seems like what they anticipate players will do. And like, I don't know, I just like on a first time playthrough, I think that falls into place really nice. Yeah, it, it's also the only like segment of the game that I feel it 
is more like a good D and D puzzle than it is like a regular video game puzzle. Yeah. So it's the kind of thing where, and this is where the game shines really. Uh, the reason I brought it up, by the way, uh, is because you did mention like where it deviates, and I feel like this is one of the largest deviations, but it's one that lands. Mm-hmm. Um, but the strengths of the game, we just like we open talking about how good the game looks and how the setting is cool and the island is fun to explore, and this puzzle involves that environmental exploration, like it involves actually going from a place to another place and thinking about like what it is that you're seeing and what the solution could be. And I think there's some hints that I feel are a little heavy handed where like the weird Latin note that you read, like the opening paragraph is like only those who remember the layout of the other house, idiot (laughs) can get to the secret room. Uh, All of that is like, is there for a reason. Like, obviously they felt it was necessary to prod people who were getting stuck, but the actual execution of the puzzle, I think is fantastic. Uh, I really like that part as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's what like really made the, or the game stick in my mind so much is it hits you. I think with my three favorite right in a row, which is the astronaut, which like totally sucks you in. I think no matter who you are, right? You don't expect to find an astronaut in the woods. <laughs> uh, then the portal house, and then the church. Mm-hmm. I think those three are my favorite. And you know, and like by that point, I'm like, oh my god, this game's so good. What are we gonna find next? You know, so it just like really drags you in. I don't know where I want to go from here because. I do want to, like, just as a passing thing, the church, I feel, is, like, a speed bump to me. Like, I don't oh, yeah. I don't think it's one of my favorites. I think it's really short. It's pretty simple, and the environment isn't that interesting. The crypt is cool, but it also just looks like a crypt. Like, it, it's a dark room with mm-hmm. a coffin in it. It's one, of, it's one of the more realistic ones. Like, I, yeah. I, I like where it falls, like, in the um the progression of them they do have to reel you back in Mm -hmm. to reality before they hit you with uh an octopus monster yeah it it keeps you guessing yeah uh but yeah so what they do give you next after the church is the weirdest one the one with the woman in the woods that you probably forgot about yeah i did forget about that one uh shit they did okay that one's not that weird no but it's the one that feels the most like just nothing yeah like you just like walk up into the woods and then you get some narration from a woman uh and you just kind of follow it through the woods and then you end up at like a tent right and like that's it (laughs) well i mean it it feels more like the first story where there isn't really anything to do other than just look at shit. Yeah. Uh, I could not, for the life of me, place the importance of that character in the story, really. No, uh, me neither. It just sort of is. It just it feels so fleeting. Like, it's just, like, there, and then it's gone, and you're like, what was that? <laughs> oh, well, I guess we'll move on. Yep. <laughs> I mean, potentially that is... Uh, 
maybe we're missing something like Probably, big, yeah. but but that's it. Do, it doesn't read that way to me. Uh, but yeah, then is when you actually go into the mines, and uh, I've never really talked about this on the podcast because we don't do these games for a reason. Um, but. Uh, we have mentioned horror games that I describe as like haunted house games where there isn't really any danger. It's just like a spooky environment that scares you by being scary. Mm-hmm. And the worst versions of those are the games where they just put you in a maze because it takes a long time to get through a maze. And that is essentially what this is. Like there's a... Uh, the carrot on the stick of maybe you'll get killed by the minor guy, mm-hmm. but you aren't gonna get killed by. I gar- I swear to you, you will not be killed by the minor guy if you are trying in any way to avoid him. Uh, and they just make you go around a maze and pick up collectibles. Uh, and it's very bad and boring. And I literally fell asleep the last time that we played it. <laughs> uh, and I think even before you get to that, there's the little part with the, I don't know what the area would be in an actual mine, but like an area where there's like a lift that goes down into some water. Oh, and yeah. Some pickaxes and a little mine cart. Uh, and that part's bad, too, um, <laughs> because that one involves... Um, you need like a mine cart and like you need to, in order to like break through some rocks with it or you have to back it up all the way and crash through them right. to be able to find the pickaxe, which in isn't the, in clear the, in the dark. Yeah. It's not clear that they're related. And it's just like, so I was doing that part and then I just gave up and I just walked all the way to the, uh, haunted mine maze. <laughs> um, Coming Which this, takes... like, over to some fucking cornfield <laughs> yeah. near you. <laughs> um, and then, so, which is, like, a really long way, which I guess is their way of signaling you need the minecart. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you it's, it's not that far <laughs> that you can't walk to it. So, you know, can't make any progress, so you just walk to it. Not to mention the game rewards you with an achievement if at the beginning of the game, instead of moving forward, you walk all the way right. back through the, the tunnel. tunnel. Mm-hmm. So, like, walking a long distance just seems to be the game's <laughs> Through a tunnel. M-O. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so, and then you go down the stairs to the, um, the minor, the minor 49er, uh, death maze. Yeah. And, so, yeah, you had to go through it, and I found the, the little maps in the maze to not be easy to read. For some reason, like, I always was, like, looking in a way that it didn't, I didn't feel like it corresponded to the way, like, you know, like, the map was presented. I don't know how to describe it, but didn't find that super helpful. And then you had to find five corpses in the maze. And then there's this, like, central room where they all end up and they stand on these little symbols for a puzzle. Mm -hmm. But there's six spaces (laughs) and only five dudes. (laughs) Which is also a bad call. Yeah, because it just makes you feel like you have to if walk you're around missing more. Something, yeah. It just, yeah, it's, it just feels really sloppy. Yeah, and I don't know if I'm gonna be able to like, like I'm not gonna have a term that makes sense here. But to describe how the maps are bad, it's because they are stationary. Like, if you look at games with diegetic maps, so like look at um, 
uh, Firewatch is the one that comes to mind. Uh, you in that game physically hold up a map in your hand mm-hmm. and look at it, and you it. can turn with it. Exactly. The difference is that you also have a compass in that game, which shows your direction and the spot that marks you on the map moves with you. Mm-hmm. So it's always available, and I think that map is really good. It's immersive, but without breaking the things that video games can do to make navigation easier. Mm -hmm. And this is not that. This is a literal map that you might actually find. The thing I think that would fix it is if they have the UR here marked with an X, if it Mm -hmm. was instead an arrow that was pointing in the direction direction that that you're facing. Yeah, which wouldn't be hard to do because you can't look at the map with your ass. So (laughs) you have to be facing the map for it to make sense. Yeah. Uh, So that just, to me, that whole part was like a punt. And they end up like going very long with it this is the part that i was coming up with when i said that this game had symptoms of of padding mm-hmm. is because this, this part yeah it's so long and so unenjoyable mm-hmm. and probably the one thing that really knocks it down a peg for me as compared to something like uh either finch because yeah. it's just that one doesn't have low points or if it does the low points are so fleeting that they don't stick with you as much yeah um it does end with a big uh kraken though which is the first time i think a kraken has been sprung on me unexpectedly and i didn't enjoy it so (laughs) yeah so the and i i think it's a good call that they buried it where they did in the game because literally yeah mine underground because I think you any any earlier, it, it might have been discouraging. And, you know, obviously you don't want to, like, end on something like that. So I think, like, putting it next to last or mostly next to last uh, was a good call. That actually is... That's a better observation than I think I thought it was when you first said it. <laughs> because I feel like it shows a lot of the the growth in games development thinking in the past 10 or so years, because I guarantee you tons of games released like in the two thousands would have wanted to end on that. They would have been like, if you get all the way here, then you do the big long thing. Mm -hmm. And then there's the big monster reveal. And that's how the game would have ended. Eternal Darkness. Does exactly this. The The long ass final boss too. The big long slog (laughs) through the like ancient city under the house that is not fun (laughs) at all. The house that is not fun at all. By Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> the city below the house that is not fun at all. all. It's a Dr. Seuss story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how the wording changes. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so that that's that. And then mercifully you go, you get out of it. Uh, and you do walk through a cool bubbling cave. That was a cool aesthetic thing. Mm-hmm. Um, though it does make you move real slow, but I'll accept it for the cool bubbling aesthetic. Uh-huh. Uh, and then on the other side, you have your last couple of puzzles, which are pretty tame in comparison. Yeah. Uh, you. They're more comparable to the church. There's yes. kind of a... 
more regular grounded ones. So I want to come to the end. I want to roll on through yeah. and ask if, because I don't remember, uh, like my experience five, six years ago, uh, did you were, was the twist effective on you when we first played it? Cause uh, I think it was. Yeah. I saw it coming. I think we were playing it and I'm like, are we going to be a character in one of Ethan's stories or is the game itself one of Ethan's stories? Turns out, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, and I think I realized or thought of that late enough into the game that that's when you want to figure it out. Like you don't want to figure it out super early. Like right. you want to have the intrigue and then, you know, kind of beat the game to the punch and feel real smart. Uh, you're like, aha, I'm the real detective here. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it just landed call me Prospero. It landed for me in that way is that it was like, like satisfying for me to figure out, uh, narrative wise. I think it works. Um, I think, Like, the character of Ethan, like, this feels, it feels very personal, I think. I feel like he has to be based on one of the developers or, like, someone that one of them knows. Because, like, it just, it feels like this very personal, like, you're a kid and, you know, like, you're misunderstood or, like, you know, you're kind of out of place and people don't, uh, like, appreciate the things you do or you're interested in. And kind of the those themes of like hiding in fiction and like he doesn't communicate with his family and that's kind of ultimately what ends up with him dying like i don't know and that kind of like braided narrative thing of like you being a character in the story i don't know like i I like what they have going on there yeah i, I don't want to come out and say like that the narrative itself was like uh, groundbreakingly unique or anything, but this was a really good way of telling the story. I think uh, this is one of those things where, and we talk about this all the time, where some movies or some games feel like they would be better as movies, and like some elements of games don't feel like they they feel like they're pandering to the cinematic language. I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, this doesn't feel like that. This feels like a game that the story in the game could really only be told through the game in as effective as a way as it is. Um, so I do agree uh, with all of that. I think the twist lands, and I think that storytelling-wise, it's in a good place. Um, I, I will say the family was less offensive to me when they were killing each other and looking to murder other people than when they were all terrible human beings <laughs> for the last 10 minutes of the game where they just like hurl insults at Ethan and tell him that he's dumb and an idiot because, and then he burns to death. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I think that's part of it. Like he wrote the narrative in a way where his family would care more about him and they're always looking for him. Like, where's Ethan? He's trying to stop this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's like kind of the hero, but in reality, they all just yell at him <laughs> while he sits in a room. Yeah. It, it feels a bit over the top. Yeah. Cartoony a little bit, but I mean like there probably are actually families like this. I mean, for sure. But, like rule of large numbers that has to happen. Yeah. It so. just, yeah. It, it feels a little like 
not out of nowhere, but just kind of like all of the sudden, here comes the family to just fucking yell at Ian. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so yeah, maybe laid it on a little too thick, possibly. And then it is like. So, the game, we talked about how great the visuals look. I don't think any of the people look all that good. Mm -hmm. Um, People are difficult to, uh, like, model and animate properly. So, I don't don't think this is a lack of expertise on the part of the developer. I just don't think that, one, it's hard. And, two, Mm -hmm. the technology is not where it is today. So the they look weird and so it makes the final scene lose a little bit of its like impact because rather than this sort of like very natural environment that you're used to being in um and even when it's like man-made it's like overgrown in places Mm -hmm. it is just like a bunch of people doing things in a and it just looks weird it looks like a source mod for like a good minute or so (laughs) where they're all standing around yeah and it highlights like how good of a decision it was to have all the characters as like blue ethereal spirits through the rest of the game oh yeah uh do you got anything pressing on your notes there not really i just wanted to call out the soundtrack um (laughs) this is like (laughs) classic no clip. in the no clip playbook this is always like right when we're about to end mention the music because you forgot to talk about it because i i don't remember like thinking anything of it the first time but like upon a second playthrough i think it really fits the mood of the game like it just kind of like a movie score where like it subconsciously uh like elevates everything even if you don't notice it fully but like i just thought it, it just complemented the game real nice yeah there's like i like i couldn't name like a track on the no, soundtrack that'd be it, good but yeah but it is it's it's good it, they play it well and it has like we just talked about on halo you don't ever get stuck in a womp loop <laughs> all of the songs are like slow and droning and sort of like low key enough that you never notice when they start playing you'll notice them like part way through and be like oh that melody now i got like grounding for where i am and shit uh i think yeah it's it's implemented really well even if i don't think the music is like outstanding it's just a really well uh done soundscape i guess yeah so on those notes wink do we <laughs> do we have vanishing thoughts? Yeah, uh, I I really liked this game the first time we played it, and um, for reasons I have uh, gone over. But I was a little bit worried when coming back to this, it wouldn't I wouldn't like it as much as I did the first time. But I uh, I can safely say like it holds up. Uh, the, the mines part was worse than I remembered, but like overall everything was good. And, um, yeah, I just, I really appreciate this game. I like, cause I think I, I heard about this game like on YouTube or something and thought it looked like a game that we would play, you mm-hmm. know, uh, and didn't have any expectations for it. Uh, just kind of thought like it could end up being like a mediocre thing that we find and it's whatever but it it really stands out in all the ways that you would hope 
uh, as we said, super atmospheric, um, great like uh, environmental design, interesting puzzle mechanic, uh, some smart implementation of like design and pacing. And just overall, like uh, I think this is a hidden gem. Like it's a game that people know about, but I don't think a ton of people have played. So like definitely definitely would recommend this yeah i i am not a hundred percent sure whether this game is well known enough that the fact that we took a year to discover it is like a slacking on that or if it was like just coincidentally like we happened to cross it like something like harvester which definitely wasn't known really by the public until over 10 years after its release <laughs> yeah i think we seek out these kinds of games so. for for sure uh so yeah i i agree with all of that if you've listened to us talk about like any other walking sim a lot of the positives that i talk about in those apply here uh it's a genre that is dependent on its visual and storytelling abilities. Uh, you have to be engaged enough with the environment and what is being told to you to continue playing a game that offers no other, like, avenue of play. Uh, so this succeeds, I think, wholeheartedly. Um, it stumbles, obviously, but that's not uh, enough to disrecommend it. I would say this is probably... It's up there in the list. This is one of the games that future walking sims will probably be yeah. like. We want to be more like that. Yeah, in my mind, it's a top three. Yeah. I haven't ranked them, so you I got, won't say. Got Edith Finch, <laughs> uh-huh. Ethan Carter, and Gone Home. Gone Home? Yeah, I like Gone Home a little bit more than this. Uh, the Beginner's Guide, I think, counts. Okay, I feel like that's so unique, though, that it's, I think of it as, like, its own thing, but... It's a gaming simulator? Gaming sim. Peace out, gamers. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> thanks for listening. Thanks, thanks, going casual today. Thanks for listening to No Clip Pocket this week. What are we talking about next time? Next time, we're going to be talking about Her Story, uh, a game... That is a, fuck me, a desktop simulator uh, from the guy who wrote one of the the Wii U Silent Hill game, (laughs) which despite sounding like a mishmash of things that make no sense, uh, is probably one of my top 10 favorite games the last like 10 years. So uh, join us as we solve that mystery as well. It's Mystery May, by the way. First time I mentioned it. Nancy June. It's Nancy June. Until that time, you can get a hold of us. All of our contact information is on our website at noclippodcast.com. There you can find links to our Twitter, our Discord, our YouTube page. Uh, There's a cool playlist on the front page of our website. It just has every episode in chronological order. So just go on there, click play. You fucking leave. I don't care. Just give me all those all those good plays. Uh, we're trying to get number one on the recommended, uh, but we need to get more than fifteen views before they'll do that. <laughs> Throw a grenade at that like button, and that is all. Goodbye. <laughs>、mm-hmm. Adults can't see why Ethan loves writing short stories because <laughs> of the cinnamon sugar swirls in every story. <laughs>